What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report. We're here to talk all things power. We are here to talk about Season 3, Episode 9 of Ghost, entitled A Last Gift. And boy, was this, <laughs> this was the gift that kept on giving. Uh, of course, I'm one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... It's Carlos D. How you doing, sir? I'm, uh, I'm chilling, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um... I'm, this was a this was a crazy episode, and um, despite people having lots lack uh, a terrible lack of self control during the quote unquote leaks, nothing got spoiled for this this week's episode or next week's for that matter. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. Um, yeah, those leaks. I don't know nothing about them. I kind of stayed away from them. I heard they leaked some stuff, but I don't know exactly what it was leaked. I don't know if it was the whole episode or just bits and pieces. Uh, word on the street was the last two were somehow available if you had like a fire stick oh to watch the whole thing yeah so okay. there's a couple of people who who have finished the season already oh yeah i know they try to talk about it in our group message but i had to shut it down um i've seen a few people on facebook talk about how the the episode we're going to discuss tonight was so good that they they're going to go ahead and watch the uh the series from well, excuse me the season finale which i just like I don't know. More power to you, I guess. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe us doing this podcast is what keeps me like on the straight and narrow. Um, I still, I, if I had access and we weren't doing this podcast, I'd watch, but I probably wouldn't publicly discuss. Um, so I don't know. Maybe my maybe my timeline is they got the picture after I posted my rant about um, somebody spoiling. Uh, what happened to Saks, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, um, the, to those of you who did see it in advance and were able to keep your mouth shut, good job, because this was this was an episode. This was an episode. Um, I, I'm ready to dive in. You got anything outside of that before we get to it? No, nah, man, we can go for it. Well, let's get to it. This is immediate aftermath. My guess, um, well, no, they, they kind of touched on it. This is literally... The next night, uh, excuse me, the next morning after um, the events of Sax going down, Theo going down and Effie getting busted, as well as Lauren being made as being alive. uh, We get Tariq going through Davis's office as well as Kane on his way to find Tariq. And all I kept thinking was how in the world the place looked like it was closed. I don't understand how Kane, well, Tariq and Kane were able to get in there. Um, worst case scenario, I would assume Davis maybe gave Tariq some keys or something so he could get there or something like that. How Kane got in beyond me, but, um, we, we got Tariq trying to find anything in sacks of stuff before the inevitable, uh, police search and seizure. Um, and he finds the, uh, he finds a piece of, uh, evidence from the Mecca murder that placed, Lorenzo at the scene and of course he's trying to figure out how that got there and uh, we got Kane trying to track down Tariq so that he can you know give him the the heads up that not only did Effie get arrested but Lauren's alive um the biggest part about this scene we fought it finally happened um these two finally came to blows uh Tariq unfortunately outmatched he did his best he's scrappy but Kane was just you know he's got he's got experience on his side and a height and clear weight advantage um, 
And they decide to, you know, have a full-on brawl in Davis's office that is broken up by Davis, who, if I'm him, I'm like, what are y'all doing breaking up stuff up in here? He, he played it real cool. But then again, he's been through trauma. Um, how did you feel about that scene? This opening, I should say. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you, you, the, the biggest thing that came out of it was the fight between uh, Tariq and Kane, which we've been talking about for since day one. Uh, Tariq finally called Kane on his hating. And that's what Kane been doing. Kane really been hating on Tariq since they basically met. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just kind of driven by the way his mom kind of treats Tariq as like a superior to Kane. So that's a lot of, uh, behind, uh, behind it. But we finally got to see the fight. Uh, we were just talking about a couple of weeks ago when um, Tariq beat up Braden pretty easily. If Tariq don't get the jump on you, I guess a, a fair fight, he's not as good. Uh, uh, and if, if Davis doesn't show up, he's about to get cracked in the head with like a laptop or something or right. a, a monitor. I can't remember what it was, but he's about to, Tariq was, Tariq was about to be taken up out of here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the biggest thing that came out of it. Um, Davis, of course, quickly gets them under control. Um, and then he kind of goes into the mode to kind of help Elfie. And I don't remember if, um, I think he was there to find Davis, to, to, to get Davis yeah. to help Effie, not Tariq. I don't think he was looking for Tariq. I think he just found Tariq by like an accident. Well, no, he was calling him. I want to say he'd been calling his phone. That's how the that's how the scene opens up. Like he's in the car. Like he's calling Tariq. Um, so I don't know if he he just assumed, but like he was calling Tariq. That's that that's how the scene opened up. Now, why he ended up at Davis's, he might have went there to you know get him to try and help her as a lawyer. Um, but yeah, uh, they were. They were both right. Um, Kane has been hating, Tariq, as Tariq said. That Kane has been hating, um, but at the same time, like Kane was slightly right as well um, with the fact that, like, yo, you know, we're here because you let a girl get you got caught up with this girl, and she she unfortunately got you on on the wire. Um, but the main thing is, not yes, him on the wire. She got him on the wire. Kane was on that wire. Tariq wasn't on it. No, 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 no. Well, no if Kane no. would have minded his business and not been up on standstill, he wouldn't have been on the wire. He could put himself on the wire. True, true. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it. I think I don't know. I still have. I still have faith in Tariq's hands. But it did, as you said, it did kind of validate the the Braden fight. Um, like I said, I think you're never gonna know how much experience a person has. Um. But, yeah, man, it, it was bound to happen. I'm just waiting for the rematch, the inevitable rematch, because it has to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but this scene gives way to the conversation between Davis and Tariq, um, which leads off with um, Davis rightfully being in, in pain. Uh, we get some great acting from Method Man. And uh, throughout this, we also get them putting the, the pieces together that Sachs uh, had this this paperwork that he shouldn't have had. And, um, Davis saying that like, yeah, th if they find that, if they found that it, it, it's pretty much a wrap. So Tariq does what he feels is the right thing. And he snatches that file. Um, anything on that. And why don't you go into, uh, Effie's morning? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot more to say on that. I think you kind of pretty much summed it up. Um, but Effie is meeting with Blanca and uh, Sullivan, who, of course, I guess interrogate all witnesses related to, well, not all witnesses, all suspects related to anything dealing with these crimes. Um, and she's not going for it. Like, she's sticking to her guns. She's doing what everybody should do, regardless of 
whether you deem anything illegal or wrong. If the police ever question you, attorney, attorney, attorney. Outside of that, don't say anything to the police. They are not there to help you. And Effie is not a rookie to this game, and she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing, shutting them down and trying to get in touch with uh, somebody who can actually help her out of, out of the situation. Um, so they, they got nothing. Um, it, I, I do like to see the contrast between her and Diana's interactions with the police. Where Diana, I think, was a lot more smooth, and she was willing to engage with them a little bit because she, you know, uh, I guess knew they didn't have anything. Where Effie shuts it all down, she goes straight to attorney, 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 without any other kind of dialogue, any other type of engagement. Um, so I just like the contrast between those two, uh, especially since one is supposed to be like a veteran in this thing, uh, and one is supposed to be like this naive young girl who was just caught up in her family's mess. Uh, what you think about the scene? Uh, pretty much exactly what you said. Um, I hadn't even pieced together that, yeah, Diana, Diana, you know, played it completely different. And not only did she get out, but with the help of Davis, um, she, she actually got some, she helped them out with getting some more info on what they were up against. Um, wherein Effie is, is shutting everything down. She's not even playing the the long game of let's see what I can find out about this. Um, she's, you know, which is, they're both, they're both fine strategies. You know, you can't be mad at either, but Effie's just pretty much on the, we're just going to shut this down and they haven't tried with anything. Well, sort of, um, they haven't brought anything concrete against me. So, and for, and for me to be in here for murder charges as opposed to drug charges. Yeah. I definitely want my attorney before I say a word. Um, so while this is going on, we get the call from Medina and we get our, our, our verification, you know, the rule, nobody, they're still alive. And, uh, we get, we get the body, um, sex you know, got that one last bit of screen time and lay on that table and hold his breath for however long the tape took. And we see that Jenny is still human to a degree. Um, and now she's, she's ready for, for vengeance as it seems mm. uh, we get the return of um i believe that's that was agent medina i believe from from book one uh came through to get him a check anything on that as far as jenny and her wanting to ramp things up Nah, she couldn't say all them tears though she didn't give them by my man when he was alive she just told him the episode before he, she wouldn't give him no protection and now she want to start boohooing save your white woman tears woman you didn't like that man you left him out to dry now he did because of you so i i Jenny was getting on my nerves in this episode. Now she all like, oh, Sax, uh, he was so great. And when Blanca was like literally telling the truth about Sax was a piece of shit, basically. They was all like, well, he was one of us and he was kind of a good guy and he sacrificed everything. No, I hate when people do that. If you were trash in real life or trash in life, if you die, that does not absolve you of all the things that you did that were trash. You're still trash regardless of you dead. And people are like, well, don't speak better than dead. Why? What they going to do? They did. They shouldn't have been trash in real life if they don't want people talking bad about them. So I hate when people do this thing where like, oh my God, somebody died and now they want to cry and boohoo about it. You should have treated them better in life. And that's all I think about Jenny Sullivan. She's a mess. My bad. That's a little rant I was going on. It's all good. So uh, this gives way to Kane being on the warpath. Damn near runs over Brayden. Uh, Get out the way, Brayden, you dumbass. I, I think, and that's, you know what the crazy thing is? He knows that Kane is crazy. But he also knows that Kane likes to fuck with him. That's why I think he was just like, okay, he'll stop. You know, he's gonna fuck with me. But like, I don't. He, he damn sure didn't see that door open, open right. coming 
Um, laid his ass out. Put him in the and that's one of those things, because, like, he probably, you know, Kane fucks with him so much that he was probably like, all right, nigga, like, I mean, he, of course, he's, he wouldn't say that out loud. Mm. But he's like, all right, dude, like, here you go. Like, can we just get to whatever it is you came here to ask me for? And he's like, oh, oh, bam. It's like, okay, I didn't I didn't think you were actually going to do it. You know what I'm saying? But um, he pretty much presses out Braden, and he finds out that Braden didn't know, but he knows now. Um, how did you feel about that in Kane's uh, resolve to, to, to save and rescue his new love interest? Uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, like you say, he knocks him down. He basically accuses him of knowing that Lauren was alive or because he failed to do his job uh, after he had got caught up in this mix. Um, and then, you know, he just tells the truth. He's like, you know, I didn't know she was still alive. I thought Effie killed her. Uh, but he does admit that he didn't see through what he's supposed to do to, uh, do. Cause I think if I, if, unless I'm mis- mistaken, Braden, the reason why Braden was going to kill her was because Kane told him to do it. Kane was like ordered him to kind of take her out. And I know he was just supposed to be helping Tariq get her out of the city, but he was also supposed to kill her. Uh, so now he, of course, of course he blames Braden for Effie being locked up. Cause if he would have did his job. And not force Effie to get involved, perhaps she wouldn't be locked up as well. Um, so that that was the gist of it. Uh, Kane was doing his usual bully stuff. Uh, I still think Brady's an idiot. I'm sorry if somebody's speeding me with a car, whether he jokes or not. Uh, I'm jumping out the way or moving or something. He just stood there, let the door knock him over. Uh, but you know, that's my two cents. What you think about it? Any anything? You- um, I pretty much you know spoke on how I felt about it. Uh, pretty much just a way to fill in Braden. Um, and to showcase that, you know, Kane is, is, well, I don't know. I think, I feel like your first order of business should be trying to figure out how to get her out, not run up on your, your, uh, these dudes with guns, especially Brayden, you know what I'm saying? When realistically, you you know, you'll just be making things hotter for yourself. Um, if you really care about this girl, kind of like the, the opposite well, not the opposite. The same thing that happened with Diana was in jail. Like, instead of trying to figure out how to get her out, you just out here doing the kind of opposite in the name of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, we get a real quick scene back at um, <laughs> the, the Tejada house. Sax from the grave right. going full scorched earth. And the male move quick in this world. Uh, well... I think that's one of those things where he had it set up like with an attorney or someone that like, Hey, if I die, get these out ASAP. Um, sends a letter to Monet that pretty much says like, look, everything in your life started falling apart when you met Tariq St. Patrick, um, which isn't, it's not a lie. It's not, <laughs> it's not, not true, but <laughs> I was just, I, my shot, my jaw was on the ground. I was like, sax is grimy for this, but it doesn't stop there. Um, so we pretty much get that being her way of saying that, like, okay, Tariq probably had something to do with, with something. And Diana immediately hears this and thinks like, well, he's the one that told me to use those lockers. Uh, Monet surprisingly being logical. And it's like, we don't know that. Like, there's no real reason for him to set you up like that, which is, which is true. It's very true. So she's pretty much back to Boston Diana around, um, <laughs> temporarily it would seem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go find out something up at Stansfield. Um, how did you feel about that scene? And then go to the next time we see Braden. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think it was. Um, we, we, you know, I think what you're saying is correct. It's like uh, Monet was smart because uh, 
a sax plan is a basically to send out these letters accusing people of doing different things. So hopefully they'll infight with each other and just take each other out. Um, but she, I think Monet's not an idiot. She knew who the letter was from uh, because it wasn't, he didn't hide who it was from. Like if it was anonymous, she may look at it a little bit better. But she knew, and I don't think she knows Sax is dead. Uh, and if she does, I don't know how she knows. But she, she's being logical. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Tariq is involved in this is more than almost all of us. He's constantly in the mix of it all. Uh, so it didn't make sense. So she was like, cautious. Like we ain't going to believe it immediately. But she did put Diane on a mission to try to figure it out. I don't know why she would send Diana to figure it out. Maybe because she's tight with Tariq and she knows they got a history or whatever. Uh, but, you know, Diana takes her martial orders and goes on about her way. Uh, that's, that segues into the next scene where Reek and Kane are meeting again. Uh, basically, uh, Kane, not Kane, Reek and, is it Reek and Kane? Brayden. Brayden, Brayden are meeting. And um, basically, Brayden is like, yo, did you know about this? Did you know she was still alive? And Tariq, of course, has to admit it. Um, and his dressing knowledge is the reason I didn't tell you is because you guys were the ones who just tried to kill her. So why would I tell you guys that I, that she's alive when you just purposely got us caught up in this mix, got us caught up on all this Rico stuff but trying to take her out? Um, and then the biggest thing I like, uh, that I like about the scene is like finally Tariq is like, look, shit, I'm tired of doing everything. Brayden, your ass need to do something if you really want to be a part of this uh, this thing. You always saying we brothers and you want to be a partner. You want to be uh, not left in the dark. But when it's really time to get something done, they always look for Tariq to figure everything out, solve all the issues, solve all the problems, figure out all the ways to get him out of these jams. And he finally was like, look, Brayden, your ass need to be doing something. Uh, so that was the biggest thing that stuck out of me about that, because I agree. With you. I feel like Brayden coasts a lot. He's always involved in the fun parts of the job. But whenever it gets time for some tough shit to happen, he normally either I can't do it or he's hesitant. Um, and he just relies on other people to clean up his mess. And Tariq just finally called him on his mess. So what you think of it? I feel like that the head of that conversation comes later. Oh, that missed um, my notes. It, it comes like it, he does kind of touch on it there, but the head of it comes later. Um, I get to it like when um, when that comes up. Um, I do agree to a certain extent. Um, I think part of it is because they've gotten they've gotten used to Tariq being that guy for two reasons. One, because much like his father, he would make a lot of decisions and moves without anyone knowing. Um, he would go over people's heads. And two, like he's also undermined a lot of people's decisions in the past, just like his father. So it's like, and he's like gotten up in people's faces, like I'll handle it. Like I'll make the decisions here. So it's like sometimes for sure people need to step up, but also it's like, I can't, I personally can't fully fault any of them for like not looking for to Tariq because even, even when they try to handle stuff, just like his father, sometimes he just does it because he feels he knows best. So it's like, sometimes I'll just be like, well, look, you, you seem to act like, you know, everything. So what's the plan? So it's like, but I'll, I also understand Tariq being like, look, I, I don't have the plan always. Um, but the, the, the two main things I got from that outside of that was like one, this man, Brayden really went to the hospital. Um, he probably got some bre- some bruised or cracked ribs or something like that. And two, he just wanted a day off. And I get it. I totally get it. You, you don't get him because you in the life now. But I felt that. I'm not going to lie to you. When he said, like, man, I just want a day off. I just want to sit down, play some video games, sit in a hot tub. And that's what we all want. Even those of us in this regular nine to five life. Sometimes that's all you want. Mm-hmm. So I felt him. He can't have it though. Um, so this scene gives way to 
a quick scene of Lauren avoiding Tariq. Um, she's getting ready to text him. Like I heard someone say that Sax is dead and was that you? Uh, but she doesn't ask. Um, and he also, she also ignores her call. Um, excuse me. He, she ignores his call, um, which, you know, obviously it, it makes sense. He's a dangerous man. Um, anything on that before we move? No, no. I think that was a pretty quick scene that just showed that she's not fully trusting us to read, especially now that Sax is dead. Exactly. After she just told him Sax was the, the mole, the mole. Yeah. 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 So from there we get Evelyn pressing Monet over Drew. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was an effective press. Like Monet um just, you know, blatantly lying, but also trying to protect her son, which you can't fault as terrible as Monet is, you can't fault her for wanting to protect her son. But you also can't fault Evelyn because she wants to know what happened to her son. Um and uh this pretty much comes to a head where Evelyn's like, look, if you're not going to give me the info that I want, then it, it is what it is. And uh, we get Drew. He's he's ready to make the hard call. Uh, anything on that? Nah, I mean, I, I just think this is a good scene between um, these two actresses and, and two women who are similar, um, even though a little bit different. They both want to protect their family. Um, they both know the dangers of what their life entails. And they are, I think, doing their best, given their circumstances, to try to keep their people safe. Um, and then, you know, Drew popping up out of the shadows and ready to green light everybody. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Drew is just getting more and more like, like I think in, in season one, like he was like this guy who was, of course, involved in his life, but he was like, had the art and he had like his interest in romantic feelings and trying to find him a man and all that type of stuff. And I feel like he just really slipped into this thing where he's just like going like full psycho. Now he's willing to take out a whole family that he was just calling cousin who was just sleeping and in love with one of the one of the sons. And now he's ready to basically eliminate the entire family. Uh, so, yeah, his change in, in demeanor and, and attitude is, is really um, has been dramatic and, and not and not in a bad way. I, I, I like to see that they the characters change and they aren't always the same and that that this crazy lifestyle it is actually does impact them in some ways because a lot of tv shows they'll never be changing they'll just be going through all this crazy stuff and they'll still be like cool and like the same person so i i like to see that this drew is really changing um so that shows some good character growth indeed and he had no choice like if you really look at it he's a side character but he's gone through some crazy stuff um <clears throat> he lost one dude that he was really feeling um, because of a lifestyle that he he had he kind of has to live, um, he lost his father, and then he gets another guy who actually you know he finds the perfect match for him, but not only does he lose that guy, that guy killed his father. So like yeah, like his his descent into he didn't just lose him. Sorry, I mean control, but not just he killed him. Like he just left. He killed him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like his his descent into you know full on psychopath, uh, it's well I'm not gonna say full on, but like his descent into just violence first, and we'll sort it out later. It unfortunately makes sense because he's he's had no chance to heal from any of the stuff he's been through. Um, so it's probably been torturing him inside, and this is it's finally bubbling over. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of torture. Uh, we get a henchman and a dentist. Right. Uh, Tariq 
is trying to buy himself, well, buy the team more time because I kind of like how they could have just acted like this wasn't an issue, but I like the fact that they, they addressed it. Like with things being so hot right now, we're not going to meet the quota and we need an extension. Like that's just what it is. It's just, that's just good business on Tariq's part. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, he has to deal with one of the most cliche henchmen of all time um, who is literally torturing a guy. Yeah, that that's what I didn't like about the scene. It was too comical. Once again, they're doing this overly, like, cartoony villain type thing where they didn't have to have this guy getting tortured, his teeth ripped out. Uh, I think I think it was just, I think sometimes they just go over the top with these villains. And this whole season with Noma and uh, Obi, they haven't done anything to really make them, like, realistic at all. It's always, like, this James Bond-level over-the-top villainy. Um, and, I, and I just didn't like it. Um, and then, of course, they also then then they end the scene with just basically another side quest. Side quest. You got seventy two hours to get me what I need, uh, and, which was a, I feel like a random request like of green cards. I feel like the way that they showed that Noma and them had this power and authority that he would ask for much more than Tariq than than, than what he asked there. Um, so, but you know, I'm I just I, I I don't think they've done a good job of really making these. The big bad villains this year, interesting at all. And I think this was another example of, of, of a letdown when it came to that. I wish they would have did more. With, and I know we got an episode last Maybe they pull some rabbit out their hat and give us some type of nice finale with these guys. But this whole season, the big bads have been a waste to me. I, I have to agree. I have to agree. There's so much coolness, but it immediately, it immediately rusted over. When it's just like you didn't really do anything substantial with them, you just mm-hmm. made them pop up with assignments and intimidation. You're just being tough. Um, when the truth of the matter is, he's pretty much just a guy in a suit that's taller than the rest of them, and some bigger guys in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in order to work on getting these green cards, he enlists our guy Tate. Who, up until this point, I was like, okay, I could see Tate, his role. If they trim the other BS, um, his role could be the, you know, the guy that the guy on the inside of politics where if I need something to help me, you know, like an ends to a means, a means to an end. Excuse me. I had that way backwards. You know, just the guy that to help me out on the other side and I help him out from time to time. Um, But, yeah, I think the way this this episode played out, I don't know if there's room for Tate. For, for real anymore on uh, Tariq's end. But um, he goes and asks him, you know, for the green cards. And uh, at the same time, because Tate's Tate, he needs something in return. He's like, look, I need some dirt on Weston Holdings. And um, this is the most blatant, like, tr- you know, blatant line Tariq has ever done. And because when, when the episode, well, not the episode, when the scene plays out, I'm like, that was awkward. Um, but it made sense for what would come afterwards because it's like, okay, they had to make it obvious. Um, so Tariq obviously says everything's cool at Weston holding. So we're, we're good. Um, Tate then calls his babe. All right. And, uh, what a random scene. Right. (laughs) And, um, he enlists the help of, um, black book checker. And it seems that the funniest thing about that was I asked a, a, a source <laughs> if everything was okay at um, Weston Holdings. And he said that everything was fine. And he's like, but 
this guy's a lying liar who lies a lot. (laughs) I was weak. I was like, he's not wrong. So he immediately goes into attack mode. He's like, I don't have time to wait for Tariq. He played his hand. I know how to read him. So I need to keep pushing. I need to push on what I need. And um, he wants to take down Weston Holdings. Your thoughts? I mean, it's another example of how I don't think Tate belongs in the show anymore. Like you were just saying, um, they just kind of crowbar him into different situations just to keep him involved in, I guess, the overall story or like connected with Tariq. Um, but I could have deal without the scene. I could I, I wish they would have found some other way to kind of get into that um, other than kind of shoehorn, shoehorn and Tate in. Um, but yeah, I'm ready for um, Rashad Tate to find some other some other college kids to bother. Cause he just he just he's he not with the flow of the show no more. Cause then when they, they show up and then all of a sudden the lady who just told him she never wanted to speak to him the episode before now she helping him out and then some random other guy who they didn't even explain who he was he was just there and of course he got the pull to to, to make the raid happen. It was just too confusing. No more tape for me. I I, I I'm gonna put I'm about to put him on the ban list. Um, he is bad as those teachers in the first season, just popping in every once in a while, just to kind of be a part of the story, but doesn't really pay off anything. So from there we go to a really quick scene between Effie and Davis, where pretty much Effie's refusing help from Davis, um, who I guess this is this kind of is a callback to the conversation we had maybe two episodes ago, where um yeah showing up drunk, it's kind of not a good look, mm-hmm. um but it would seem that uh Effie has her own lawyer and she's she's dead set on finding out who that is, um. She's getting uh she's getting kind of bullied in the in the phone line, and uh, Davis kind of helps her out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't lady, have you to. think it might be Tamika? That's who I thought it was. I mean, it, it, never it still could be. Yeah. yeah, it still could be. Um, that's who I thought it was. It still very well could be. But she definitely um, just a woman attorney. That's yeah, it. yeah, and, and I can't think of nobody else that from our you know from the Maybe past history yeah yeah so who knows maybe they they go left field and pull a character from it's a angela valdez she was faked her own death hmm. i was gonna say annalise keating <laughs> or or uh or olivia pope uh <laughs> that would break the internet yeah. i ain't even gonna hold you so from there the tower is burning rome mm. is is falling weston holdings is being raided um Lucas is in the wind, uh, which, I mean, that's essentially without getting too deep into it, because it's just kind of a this is just sort of a longer than needed scene to get us to another point. Um, Somebody blew the whistle on Wesson Holdings being a a Ponzi scheme at the moment. They don't know who it is. And in the midst of this, we get Braden stepping up for Kiki because um, for reasons. yeah, for reasons. She was just also, literally blackmailing him the, the episode before about they was going to turn him in. Uh, if, if if he reported on the Ponzi scheme, she was going to turn him in for drugs. Why would he have any obligation to this woman? It, it doesn't uh, make sense logically. Logically, no. But at 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 his in his heart, he Braden is a is a to a degree he's a stand up dude. You know, he can be selfish. You know, he could be uninspired. Well, he I'm not going to say uninspired because a lot of this, he's, he's actually a lot smarter than people give him credit to. Um, he can be obviously reluctant and, as we hear later, a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to this life. But so far, Brayden has kind of been the most stand-up guy in this series. 
of our long running characters. Um, and, you know, Trace about to throw her under the bus saying that she was sleeping with with Lucas and everything. Um, just I'm pretty sure his pure hatred for uh, for Trace was like, nah, let me step up um, for her because, yeah, you know, she definitely did him dirty. But like she didn't uh, he, she didn't really deserve that. So. Let's see anything from that. You got anything on that? No, no, we can go through next. All right. So meanwhile, back at Sullivan's office, Sax once again from the grave. Pouring a heartfelt letter to Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you know, it wasn't just sex. It was sex with feelings. I respected it. I respected it. But I think the part I respected the most was that once again, and I've been, I've been saying this, his whole part, his whole point of joining this crusade of Jenny's to a degree was it started when he couldn't convince her to leave the white whale, a.k.a. the St. Patrick's alone. Because they're they're not necessarily Teflon, because clearly Ghost died, but like they're they're smart enough and they're dug in enough that you don't bust them for real. Like he literally tried to give her another out, like just drop it, just leave them alone. Also because he's still <laughs> sending out scorched earth letters on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, what you got on that scene? Also, Blanca, Blanca was really like. A little shocked that they was actually Blanca's been about doing the job because right. she couldn't see that they had been messing around like for real until she saw that letter. Yeah, but she, but, I mean, she wasn't fooling around. Yeah, like, Blanca's really been about taking them down, and then you know, of course, Sax is trying to give her a advice a, a, a he probably gave her in real life. He's been dealing with this Pat family for I don't know how long much time has passed, like in the show. But he's been involved for us. It's been nine years of him trying to take down his family in different avenues. And he's like, everybody who's tried to do it, they even end up effed up or more than likely dead. If you think about all the people who was involved in a USA office is dead now. Knox is dead. The dirty uh, other dude who was the leader of it, I can't remember, uh, Santa Ball, Sandoval. I think his name was. He's dead. Angela Valdez is dead. Um, or they dead or no jobs. Uh, Blanca was fired messing around with them the first time around. So she's back messing around with him again. So he's trying to give her some good advice. And of course, Jenny went the total opposite. She yep. went scorched earth. She's like, I'm fully committed to taking them down. Uh, Dan Saxon's advice. And that's how it's going to be. So I'm sorry, say what? Go ahead and go into Davis. Uh, so then we get uh, the next scene is um, basically Sullivan and Blanca confront Davis. Uh, they let him know, hey, look, we know you're involved in this. We know you possibly had something to do with sax. It's not some random coincidence that your brother is the person that took sax recently after we found out that, or you possibly found out that sax was a mole. And then they just get into this heated shouting match in the middle of like New York where uh, <laughs> I think they threw some couple of fuck yous. Yeah. Um, Hard. Yeah. Hard Fs. They, they both go to each other. Uh, Davis is still running from his brother dying. Of course, Jenny is still emotional and upset because sax is gone. Uh, and it was just a real heated debate. And basically, um, they, they they pull his car and the fact that they were like, it appears you slipped Diana a note. Um, and you, you could tell he was at least temporarily flustered by it. Um, but basically, he ended it with he, the way he should have ended it. If you got something on me, get me. If not, you know, get the fuck out of here. Um, what were your thoughts on that scene or the, the interactions between Blanca, Sullivan, and, and, and Mr. Davis? Um, pretty much the same. I was, of course, she immediately ignores his dying wish and 
is like, nope, I want them. I want to take him down even more now. And yeah, um, this was I mean, it was it was wild to see them argue like that in front of the you know police precinct. But I'm pretty sure realistically that probably happens with lawyers and police all the time when you really think about it. Uh, but yeah, this was pretty much them, you know, doing the whole uh, coach um, and the umpire kicking dirt on each other. It was just like, I'm not budging if you're not budging. And if, if we going to, you know, it's I guess we're going to see who's who's bigger. Um, so now I'm really I'm really curious to see how they how they move forward on Davis from here on out. Um, he's no longer, I mean, an option for Effie because she turned him down. So but I I was I was kind of interested when they said that, you know, that we got the video of you sliding a note to Diana. So I'm really curious to see because I feel like he said you can't really use that. Like you can't use that legally, but I'm pretty sure they'll find a way to twist it to at least screw him over. Mm -hmm. um, so from here, we get that that big blow up between Braden and Tariq. Um and without having to go into it fully, this is pretty much where everything you said earlier kind of came to a head. Um, and they're, they're, they're both right. Um, Braden wants the life, but not all of it. He wants the fun parts of the life. Um, but, and I, someone else other than Big Mama needed to call Tariq out on this. Tariq is too far gone. Like, and he doesn't, he doesn't quite see it. He's, the way that Tariq is talking to to Braden about, you know, the things he's had to do and doing it for them, it was a little Tommy-ish. Like, I've, I've had to do these messed up things for us. Um, and while Braden was right that, like, yeah, like, I don't want to be at, in a place where I'm taking a knife to someone or, you know, I feel like I have to kill my father over that. Um but again, on the other side of that, like I chose to live this life and I'm dealing with the consequences and I'm doing what needs to be done. Like you need to do that, too, for this this family, not even the organization, this family that you called it. Um, how did like you got any further further thoughts on that? No, no, I think they like I think you do something pretty well. I think it was just kind of a situation where they were both calling each other out on the things that, the, that they don't fully grasp about themselves. Um, and it was a, a much needed conversation because um, I think it did lead to some of the events that do happen later in the episode. So I think you, I think you summed it up pretty good. So speaking of family, we get the Weston family imploding. Uh, they're they're under lock and key. Like their their assets have been frozen, mm -hmm. um, and they all they all want to throw. Well, everybody but Braden, they all want to throw Uncle Lucas under the bus. Right. I mean, this is, I think it's justifiable. He abandoned. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's for sure. Off. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, and I, he, you know, you never really liked the guy, but uh, Braden's dad really is in a tough spot because realistically, yes, like Lucas did all this. And if he were anyone else, he'd be under that bus. But it's also like the, the thing of like, kind of like the almost the inverse of what Davis and Theo went through. Like, you know, on the, the, you know, Theo made the opposite choice. He's like, Theo took the, took the heat wherein realistically he could have turned Davis in and lived his life. Mm 
and saved whatever he had going. Um, so he's really in a tough spot. He gets called in uh, for questioning. And oh, man, what did he say? He said right before this was this was well acted, but it was a little too on the nose. Literally right before he walks out, he looks at Braden and says, sometimes the hard thing is the only thing we can do. And I was like, damn, that's a cold ass line. But in the context of everything that's happening, you might as well have put the hit out on Uncle Lucas yourself, because that's how that read to me. Like you pretty much just repeated Tariq's order to Braden. Uh, how did you feel about the way that ended up? And um, why don't you go to <laughs> where we find Lucas um, for that moment? Oh, actually, no, we don't. Yeah, yes, they yes. Don't find him. The next thing is him calling the DEA yeah. to snitch. Um, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a tough scene with the, with the family. Um, and I think the brother, Braden's father, was kind of doing it out of a brotherly obligation. Um, which is, you know, sometimes we just got this thing where we like feel like we need to look out for family, regardless of how they treated us or what they did to us in return. And some people take that like family thing so seriously that they will be willing to like sacrifice even themselves in the betterment of others in their family. Um, and even still, though, yeah. yeah, for the most part, I, I, I don't, I, I personally don't buy into that because uh, if somebody's trash to me, like regardless of whether they're my brother or sister or whatever it is. I'm not gonna feel like I'm obligated to owe them something just because we happen to be born of the same people. Um, but I mean, Braden, Braden, at least I think the brother, the fact that he was willing to engage, the fact that he was willing to not just throw his brother under the bus, kind of ties into that because everybody, like I said, everybody in his family was willing to do it. Uh, the daughter, uh, the mom, uh, even what's his name, Trace. Uh, but the brother, uh, Braden's father, and Braden were the only ones like a little bit hesitant. Um, so you know, I mean, I think they just kind of played out how it's gonna play out. Um, and then the next thing, of course, is while, while, while Braden was just going to back, Braden was just going to back for his uncle. His uncle is selling him out just to try to get out of a Ponzi scheme comfortably. Right, on no the qualms, couch, no harm. Gave everything, gave him crash coin, uh, in the penthouse, chilling. Um, and he legitimately thinks he's just gonna get away with this guy free. Um, so it just shows you why Braden, you know, shows you why it's not always great to just because somebody's family that you feel like you should sacrifice for them because they would not always do the same thing in return. And Uncle Lucas definitely was not about sacrificing anybody uh, or, or, or was not above sacrificing his family to keep himself out of hot water. Going to, to Kiki and Brayden after that. Uh, so this was a quick scene. I don't have a lot of notes on it, uh, but basically Kiki and Brayden are just discussing it. And uh, Kiki feels like she is letting her parents down. She doesn't want to get her parents involved in this mess. So she's about to try to go on the run. Um, and Braden, uh, you know, I guess I don't understand his logic is being supportive. He's trying to, like, let her know that everything's going to be okay. And I think he kind of thought he had some type of way to get them out of it. And I think he really thought he was going to, like, go to his uncle and, like, play on the fact that his uncle was still a good guy. Uh, did you have any thoughts on, on, the, on the quick Kiki scene? Um, I thought it was nice. We got a little bit of Kiki being fleshed out just a little bit. She's not a complete sociopath. Um, she, you know... She she came out there to to make her parents proud and she kind of got roped up into something that was going to get her rich quick. Um, so she's actually, you know, obviously she wants to not go to jail and save herself. Uh, but also her motivation is like, I wouldn't want to put this back on my parents, because if nothing else, we know a lot of times if one person in a family screws up, people go after your whole family just in, in talks and gossip and all that shit. So. I, I I agreed the realism. I excuse me. I appreciated the realism of that. And again, we just kind of get 
Braden doing his best to be, you know, a stand up dude. Um, and he again, just further foreshadowing, like, look, if I could make all this go away, would you stay and, you know, not run away? Um, which is just, you know, more on that, <laughs> that, that order that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was wondering how this was going to play out. And this was surprisingly uh, not as violent as I anticipated. Although, you know, Monet did tell them to to pull this off without making it, without it coming back on us. Uh, we get the brothers Tahada scheming outside the, the Castillo store or restaurant. And they seal the place up and they gas it, which smart. This is this is clearly a Drew plan because uh, Kane don't do things this intricately. Um, I'm pretty sure they would have just sprayed the place up had it been Kane. But Drew, as he said, this is my mess. I'll take care of it. Um, he goes in. I I appreciate Drew still showing his humanity. He's like, like, I'm sorry. This is not what I wanted. And I'm sorry that it had to come to this. But I love the pettiness of Evelyn in her last breath <laughs> <laughs> exposing Monet. Yeah. Um, and I also appreciate Drew taking it into consideration and him just not being like, oh, you, you're dying, so you want me to go after my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew knows his mom's shady. Uh, so how did you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought the way they killed it was a little goofy. Um, the whole, you know, gassing thing. I mean, I guess it was smart, but it was just, it was just a little odd for me. And then, like, they go through the whole process. They gas him. And then they come in there in like two minutes after they come in, they take that mask off. So how is this gas so powerful that it killed four adults, but it wasn't so strong that he could have took his mask off two seconds after getting it? You know, and I know I'm looking at too much. This is TV, but stuff like that always bothers me. Um, And then, of course, we we get the reveal that Evelyn tells him that um, uh, that Monet was behind it. I'm sorry, if that was me, I probably would have smacked her awake or something just trying to get the full details uh, instead of just smothering her and be like, okay. Um, but yeah, so, but this set up a, 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 you know, of course, some, some exciting scenes, the next couple of scenes, because at this point now Drew is, uh, fully aware that his mom truly was involved. And before he might've been like a little apprehensive, uh, even Kane was a little bit like off about it, but now they got the full confirmation and it led to a great scene that we'll talk about, I guess, when we get to that between the Sahara kids and Monet and, you know, possibly the end of that family, depending on how things go next week. I think the, the only other thing about that was I was actually kind of shocked that they, they kind of visually showed him putting his hands over her mouth and nose and like suffocating her, like finishing her off. Um, but yeah, everything you said and then some, so back at Stansfield, Diana wants answers. Um, she wants to know what's going on. And um, she asked the right questions and Tariq answers truthfully because it makes no sense. Like why, you know, with everything I got going on, like why would I set you up? Like what's the, what reason do I have to set you up and send you to jail of all people? You know, why wouldn't I, you know, he doesn't say it, but realistically, if Tariq was really going to take that family down, what would be Diana? It it definitely, it Kane would have been dead a long time ago or, or out of the picture. Like that's the first person you remove. Right. Um, And then her little goofy talk, but talking about something. If I move out of state, where does that leave? Oh me? yeah, like what are you talking about, girl? You're not going anywhere. What, yeah, that one and then two, what, they aren't anything. 
<laughs> okay, they had that one little night when you was drunk and, and he was uh trying to get back at Epi, but they they haven't shown anything they were getting back together any type of thing. She's like, where would that leave us, girl? Be quiet. You could be right in ass in Queens, or um, just like you've been this whole this whole thing. She's really like dead set on trying to get up out of there, which I get, but at the same time, your family is under a RICO investigation. Right. You're not leaving the state no time soon. She's so crazy. <laughs> like realistically, like and that I'm that's me taking a shot at the writer. Stop making her say stuff like that because she sounds delusional. <laughs> So we get it. He gets a call from RSJ and he reveals that Tate was the one that blew the whistle, as we knew. But Mm -hmm. obviously they didn't know. And at that moment, I was like, oh, now there's no reason unless. Yeah, there's unless Tate does something monumental, which I doubt there's no reason for Tariq to have a relationship with Tate at this point. Unless (laughs) Tate takes part in trying to take them down, there's now there's officially no more room for him. Mm hmm. Um, so apparently you can break into a college dorm room with a, with a card. Um, and she ends up finding the file that, uh, that Tariq hid. She takes it to Drew and, uh, Drew puts all the pieces together. Um, she learned it's a, a detective. He did it in like five I, seconds. I mean, well, he was at least at the very least, at least they showed him thinking about it, which I appreciate that. Like he was, he was stewing and like he was doing the numbers in his head. I appreciate that as opposed to the Rico guys, where as soon as they got a piece of information, they just blurted out the solution. Right. Um, so at and least, he and, and he also didn't figure it all out. Kane did have to come in and kind of fill in some blocks. Right. But he got a good smart. I mean, a good idea. And a, a lot of it's just deductive reasoning. Yeah. You give it. You give Evelyn's last words. You give this file that shows uh, Lorenzo was at the scene of Zeke's murder, um, and, and you know things start just adding up. And truthfully, he didn't fully like put it together. He was just kind of spitballing, like he's just he's taking in all the info and he's trying to come up with he's coming up with theories um, because he's asking like, well, what if what if he knew about the murder or like what if he was close to it? Um, but yeah, everything's out in the open. And we get the showdown. Once it's it's Tahada kids versus mom. I'm gonna let you take it first. Um, no, no, I'm gonna let you go because you 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 normally are, are better setting these stories up. Man, you take better notes than me. <laughs> All I had was th- this was my these are my key points: kids versus mom. Kaboom! Mm-hmm. Um, they hit her with everything. Like we know it was you. Um, we know you had something to do with it. You and they pretty much just let her have it. Um, and and Monet's still trying to play the I'm the mom, so you do as I say. Mm-hmm. We're past that at this point. Like, Drew, Drew has killed people for you in the name of something, in the name of a lie, right? Um, Diana, also fair beef, like you, you alienated us for someone else, and then you, you know, you, you. You had our father killed and you kind of don't care. You, you're still making moves out here. And I feel like this was probably the best way Kane played it, where he just like he just kind of let sat back and let them get it all out. Um, and we get like just different levels. We get all three levels of anger where you got Kane just being like, I'm glad this is out in the open, but I'm so tired. Like, I'm I'm, a, you know, I'm gonna let them have it. You got Drew just completely frustrated 
and just sick of it. And you got Diana who is livid because she's had her life ruined on multiple occasions and she's completely done with Monet and she's ready to go to blows. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, we get, we get a kaboom. Like the, 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 the Tejada family has been completely fractured. And this is essentially what ghost Lorenzo told her would happen. They're going to find out mm-hmm. and you're going to lose all three of them. And yeah. we're, we're there. Go for I mean, it. It's, it's her own doing. Like all this is because of her own, uh, one, she couldn't let go of the revenge. Um, she'd have just been like more. And again, granted, I would have been upset too if if somebody killed my my son, uh, because a lot, I mean a lot of she isn't wrong in the fact that they killed Zeke, uh, and she had barely got Zeke back in her life. She was finally at the point where she could have kind of maybe been open about her relationship, um, even though that had blew up and it was a horrible thing, and he could be like openly her son, and she could probably try to rebuild their relationship, and then he's taken from her. So I understand all of her frustration. Um, but all she did was make it worse by like doubling down. Like if she didn't want to be with Lorenzo no more, um, she should have just like let him go a separate way. But the fact that she manipulated people into killing them and then manipulated her son into killing somebody he loved, uh, in the, in the name of revenge that she that she like fostered to start is crazy. Uh, and then she she wants them to have sympathy because Zeke died, and Diana poured it straight out to her. You took our father away from us, regardless. Of, like you, you would think somebody who was so upset about losing Zeke. Will understand that you would never want to put that on somebody else, but she did the exact thing and purposely took their father away from them. Uh, so I don't know how they ever come back from this. I don't know if next week or the next season, if they all still alive, uh, this re- despite Noriko or this being afraid of Noma uh, has to keep the family connected to each other. But outside of that, I don't see how the Sahara family could ever come back. They ain't gonna be no more family dinners. They ain't gonna be no more jokes and spades. They nah, they, they done done. Yeah, it's a wrap. It is a wrap. <clears throat> so we go from there to outside of uh, Braden's safe house. Uh, excuse me, Uncle Lucas's safe house. Um, when when Tariq was texting, quote unquote, Pinky, did you know who that was? Nah, I was waiting for um, Pinky Triple X to show up, but she didn't. She didn't do it. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Yeah, I thought, that I thought it was somebody we may have known in the past because they, right. they went out of the way to like make it so that he was texting it. And he was like, "Okay, bye, Pinky." And I was like, uh, "Do we know that person?" So. It, I recognized them uh, as soon as I as soon as I saw them, but it, that was the person who helped uh, Davis fence the uh, the ring. But oh, yeah, I never knew what their name was. So when I saw Pinky, I was like, "Who the hell is Pinky?" And I started to put it in my notes. And I was like, "Well, let me just leave it out of my notes until until we you know finish the episode." But um, Pinky has found Lucas. He's upstairs in the penthouse, and. Um, Says that, you know, lets him know that Brayden went up there a minute ago. Brayden is legit trying to save his family. He's even trying to give, again, he he totally does not deserve it. But this is this is kind of that that kind of ghost before he, he met his end. Where he was trying to give people options to live. Uh, he did it with um, Keisha. He did it with the girl from the very first episode who came back in the last season. He tried to give them exits. You know, he had a good plan. Like, look, we'll get you out of the country to a, a place with, you know, no extradition. And just say that it was you. You know what I'm saying? Like, save the family. And Lucas is full-fledged scumbag. Screw the family. I'm saving myself. I don't care about you. 
I don't care about the the SEC. I don't care about your quote ghetto friends. Mm. I'm like, I, I'm you're all going down. Yeah, but it would appear that he they're not going down. Braden loses it and finally catches his first body. He launches Lucas off that building. Down goes Uncle Luke. Uh, and Tariq there to uh, to confirm, even though he was on his way up to do whatever it, he was going to do, which I was like, geez, he was outside putting them gloves on for a minute. He was still Fine. downstairs. But uh, how did you feel about how that ended up? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, it showed Uncle Lucas was, was just a scumbag. He wasn't taking no accountability for it. And he was like actively saying he was going to take the rest of the family down, including his, his nephew, who was just there to try to plead he do the right thing. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm not sure Tariq did it. I'm not Tariq. Uh, Brayden did it. Uh, you know, as soon as I saw that they were by the roof on the edge of the thing, I was like, oh, he's going to push him off at some point. Yeah. He's going to say something crazy. He's going to push him off. Um, and the good thing is it's probably going to look like a suicide. Yep. So, maybe they get out of this. Um, maybe they just think, oh, he knew he was caught up. He jumped off the roof to try to avoid it all. And they could pin the whole Ponzi scheme on him. Uh, you know, because I, I, I feel like the weirdness of the Ponzi scheme, I didn't know where it was going to go. As it relates to the main characters, because they aren't involved in that at all, you know. So um, I'm glad to see that they they kind of wrapping it up, uh, but we'll see how they awesomely kind of tie a ball around that in the next scene. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, Brandon family isn't innocent anymore. Uh, does that mean he'll be like more bloodthirsty or ruthless moving forward? Um, I don't know, because uh, this was more like an act of passion. I don't yeah. think it was something that was like he went there to kill him. It just happened. Yeah. To be, he got so caught up in the, the moment, frustrated with his uncle's actions that he he took a drastic measure. This is gonna this is gonna haunt him for a bit. Like I think he's gonna catch more bodies, but I, this is gonna this is gonna weigh heavy on him for a bit. Um, I feel like if they come back next season and and make him kind of like almost what they did with Tariq, where he was kind of traumatized after killing um Ray Ray for a little bit, mm-hmm. and they just send him off on a killing spree. It's like that's gonna do Braden a disservice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I, I agree. I think it's going to they're definitely going to kind of pin it as a suicide, um, mainly because they put suicide in the warning uh, at the oh, beginning yeah. of the episode. And I was like, I'm not sure. Yeah, time. that's what I thought, too. Um, and they even had the, you know, the suicide helpline. I guess they're just covering their bases. But from there, we get uh, back in, in Effie's holding cell. Um, <laughs> we get Kane in disguise because, you know. Of course, doing his best uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King impersonation. And um, he goes in to try to get Effie to take Davis as a lawyer. And um, she's like, nah, I got I have my own lawyer. I'm going to handle this on my own. Um, He also tries to get her to flip on Tariq. Mm. And we we see that Effie is is actually about this, like this, this life of like, no, ain't no snitching. I'm going to beat this the way that I can um, without, you know, taking anybody else down. Cause that's the rules of the game. How did, how did you, and she dismisses Kane like, yeah, you know, we had our little thing, but like, you didn't right. think this was real, which <laughs> sucks for Kane. Um, I mean, she, she was honest. She was like, you know, we had sex one time and you, you think we like, you know, love the loves of each other's lives. Um, you know, and I, and I, I get it. Cause she's done a lot of grimy stuff in the past and she could have easily just snitch, get Tariq out of there and probably get away. Um, but you know, at least she is stand up about this. She's in this mess. Uh, she's going to try to her best to get out of it. 
Uh, but she's not going to throw nobody else or sacrifice somebody else to do it. So, you know, you got to give uh, Effie her respect for that, if nothing else. She She's standing tall on what she did. Um, and we'll see how Osmond plays out for her. I'm still wanting to see who her lawyer is. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens when it comes to her case. Uh, because she didn't get a lot of action in this, um, given you know, given the circumstances of what she's facing. Yeah, she's facing for sure. some serious crimes. I mean, for a sure. serious charge. Um, so from there is when the episode really ramps up. It's not getting crazy though. Like, how do you know what two bit lead that sent him a letter? <laughs> oh, but here's here's where it gets wild though. This this kind of picked up a few things. So my first thought was like, wow, two bits back. But this confirmed that. Sax did know where where Tasha was because that was that I'm assuming that's what was in the letter because he gave him the letter and he's like, look, I know where your mom is. So right. now you better pay me on top of what you already owe me. Um, <laughs> took his car. Bro, I was weak. Got that car. <laughs> gave him the hoopty, which probably got bodies on it or was probably stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bad. I would. Huh? I said no one too bad. Exactly. So I'm like, wow. I didn't expect this at all. Um, this the way this ramped up is almost series finale level. Mm-hmm. Um, so two bit out of the out of the you know out of the shadows, but I mean he caught him coming back to campus, so it was you know he he knew that he was going to be around that school somewhere. Uh, how did you feel about that? And go into go into you know how we exit. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this just shows. Like, I feel like the the the, the sax letters was getting more and more goofy. Like, how does he know what two bit is? Why would he send two bit to tell Tariq this information? Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Two bit was. Um, I, I was wondering where two bit was going to show up again. I was thinking was a character. We don't know what's going on. Hold on a second. I don't think I don't think he sent. I don't think he necessarily sent two bit to kill. No, he sent them a letter though. I, yeah, I, he didn't send them to kill him. But why would he send two bit a letter about he, Tariq? Like like I said, he's he's going scorched earth. Like he's going straight up scorched earth. Like he had to know that two bit had got released, so he's still in the system. So he probably had like some sort of like mailing address because he can't. He probably couldn't leave the state or something like that. So like he probably just had that on file. Like I said, he's going on. He's going scorched earth. Well, mm-hmm. I know where Tasha is. If I go down, whatever I do at this point, if I say fuck everybody, no one really can come back at me. It is what it is. So. He goes scorched earth, sends a letter to two bit like, okay, well, if you want revenge and, you know, and you, you going for it, here's where she lives. But two bit doesn't necessarily want revenge because he wants to pay him. Like two bit, you never got crossed by Tasha. So that's why I don't understand. You know, we we probably, you know, we, we can, we can move on because we probably, I was going to say, Sax don't know that. Sax is weird. It was just weird that two. I think it was just a way to get two back back on the show because two bit is like a lot Fair. of people like him. Um, Fair, but it didn't really make sense. Um, but you know, anyway, we, we get that. So uh, two bit delivers a letter. I guess the letter had the information where Tasha was. Tamika automatically is, is takes the the hoopy. He's riding. He calls up Tamika. Tamika gets her a little chat. Yeah, she shows up. Another um, one. And, go ahead. Oh no, no, not another one because we wanted to see her. Another you said you wanted to see her the last time when Grandma was involved. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see her. Uh, so we see her this time. Uh, she's like, look, I think my mom's in danger. Um, you know, and she's like, well, maybe we'll handle something in the morning. He's like, no, seriously. My mom is like, seriously in danger right now. Can you do it right now? And Tamika, I don't think Tamika was fully um, buying it. Even though I feel like Tariq don't call Tamika out of the blue. 
So I feel like she should have really took it as as hard. So I don't think he just like wastes his Tamika. Because I think Tamika said she didn't want to do nothing, nothing to do with him anymore. Then she said she didn't want to represent him no more. She didn't want nothing to do with him after the last time they had some shit. Pretty much. She pretty much told him, like, I, well, yeah, really. Like, I think officially she was like, don't call me for legal help anymore. But clearly she didn't fully give up on him because, like I said, remember that time that Sax, um, Sax took Tariq to see them, even though he couldn't, like, speak to them. And she. Tariq was able to to work out that deal with Big Mama to get to go into witness protection too. So she wasn't completely done with him. Mm-hmm. Like she's definitely, I'm sure she was over him, but yeah, she she didn't fully give up on him. Right. So now we so when we go to the next scene where uh, apparently if you're in witness protection, they don't know where the person they're protecting you from. They leave you within driving distance of where you originally were. It made no sense. Tasha should be in like Oklahoma somewhere, Ohio somewhere. And they got her in the right right way Tariq could get to her, like within a thirty minute drive. It makes no sense. We don't know how long it was. It was the same night. Still, I mean, he could it could have been. It overnight. wasn't like ten like, hours away. We don't know that. Like we, Man, don't we know. know. We know it was. You can tell. You can tell. How he wasn't driving for hours and hours and hours and hours. How? What do you mean? How? You think how it was like four o'clock in the morning? It right, I'm, been. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you some examples. How? One. Okay, it was it was night when Tariq was was getting picked up. When when the whole Tasha and Big Mama is they were just coming back from somewhere. Yaz is like seven, eight, ten years old at the most. You ain't got no you ain't got no uh, little child out to three or four o'clock and five o'clock in the morning. So it had to be the same night within a within a reasonable amount of time that you would bring a child home. So it might be like ten or eleven o'clock at night. He wasn't driving for hours and hours and hours. She was she was too close to home, and then. Uh, so then we get the biggest shock of the story. But aside all the other stuff, I probably dropped. That, you know, that's just a, a, a argument we had. Tommy shows back up. Yeah. And then he happened to get the exact same. <laughs> I hate TV sometimes. Like, what's the chances that all these people show up at the exact same time at the exact same place? And why was Jazz out in the street? What was she doing when she ran up to Therese's car? Oh, this show is so well. Go ahead. I'm going to let you take it over because I'm just I'm yeah. looking at all this nitpicking stuff. I think, yeah, I think they used they used Tommy's surprise to kind of cloud the fact that that part made absolutely no sense because there's no way if Tommy's reported as dead, there's no way Sachs would get a letter to him. There, there'd be no letter for Tommy. So Tommy showing up was just a big ass fluke, um, especially considering how his series, the first season ended. Um, so this, and this is why I felt more like, okay, are they not bringing this show back? Because this feels like a series finale. Like there's no reason for Tommy to be there. And I think they use the, 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 the pop of Tommy showing up to mask that like this part doesn't make much sense, but I want you to be drawn into the fact that Tommy got the drop on them. Um, but yeah. This is where, yes, it definitely got super stupid because Tommy pulls up unannounced and just lays down two two agents in the front yard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, this makes no sense. He shout out to uh, Natiri Nutton getting getting her check. Uh, and I, again, this is one of those things where it's like we need to build attention Um yeah, and then and I'm very confused as to what happened because uh, we we have the, the showdown. 
you know, Tommy's mm-hmm. about to kill Tasha. Tariq pops up. He pulls the gun. They both got guns on each other. They talk shit about ghosts and he killed his father, yada, yada, yada. And then it looks like they both shoot. But then the next scene we see is Tariq waking up in the hospital and he's not shot. And all they tell him is that he got knocked over the back of his head. So what happened in this scene that is different from how they showed on TV? Because on TV, they show like they both shot each other or at least shot at each other. So how did Tariq get knocked over the back of his head? How did Tasha, how did Tommy take Tasha? Um, it don't even seem like in Tommy, Tommy don't seem like he's the type that's going to take no, no, no hostage. If Tommy wanted to kill her, he would just kill her right there. Why would he take her away? Um, so I, I, I got to see how they're going, how they're going to wrap this up next season. Because that's how the, yeah. that's how the episode, not next season, next week. Because that's how the episode ends. It ends with basically Tariq waking up in the hospital. His mom is missing and gone. Uh, Big Mom and Yaz are fine. But Tasha's missing. And it's presumed that Tommy took her. Okay. So I have it played in front of me. Um, they don't shoot at each other. Um, okay. uh, a random agent pops in the back door. Tommy kills him. Tariq goes to squeeze and gets hit in the back of the head. I'm presuming by Tasha. Um, oh, so she just knocked her own son out, maybe? Right. Oh, okay. Tommy doesn't fire at Tariq. I'm guessing maybe she knocks him out and's like, take me, you know, just leave Big Mama and Yaz and Tariq out of it. Um, but uh, maybe this, I need to watch that scene again because I I, rem- I thought I swore they shot. No, I remember when the agent comes in and Tommy turns his sister to shot him, and I thought that's when Tariq like kind of was about to shoot him. It know? looked like he was about to. Maybe like I'm he was definitely that. about to. Nah. But the weird thing about it was the weirder thing about it was like Tommy mentions Monet Tahada, and that was the part I couldn't figure out. Um, and it just like I said, it gets super convoluted at this point. Yeah, um, unpack a lot of this next week to make, yeah. it, make it understand. Yeah, because I really think that they used the fact of, you know, I think they used what was happening in the scene as a cover for people to not really pay attention to the fact that, like, how this happened doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like, and I still stand by it, like, Sachs giving, um, Sachs giving two bit the info in hopes that maybe he'll just go after them and maybe either hurt them or harm them or maybe kill them, even though he doesn't know that, you know, there's no real reason for him to beef with, with Tasha. Um, again, this is sacks from the grave. He's pretty much on a, on a fuck it. Like I'm just, even if I, even if they're just chasing their own tails, it's whatever to me. Um, but after that, from that point on, everything else makes no sense whatsoever. Um, like you said, we get Tariq waking up in the hospital, um, and he's trying to figure out like how he's even going to, you know, get caught, caught up to Tommy, where Tommy is, how he got there. Um, and there's still a Rico mm-hmm. and, and uh, no more problem. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's yeah, still, there's still a lot going on to this, into this final episode of the, of the season. And it's, I feel like it's going to be a doozy. So overall, how'd you feel about the episode? I mean, I thought it was a strong episode. Um, it had some stuff I, of course, I didn't like, but that happens every week. Um, but I think it was solid. I think it's, I, I, it, it has me very intrigued to see how they close this out. You know what they do as far as a lot of the outstanding things: Tasha and Tommy, uh, the Sahada and Mo, the Sahada kids and Monet. Um, so we still got Lauren floating around. We still got Effie in jail. So I think, uh, and we still got No Man Obi out there being the big bad. So I think it's a lot that they need to resolve. Um, and granted, I know they aren't going to be able to resolve everything. They'll have some type of cliffhanger that's going to carry us over into season four. So I think they already have said they're going to make a new season, another season of this. Um, 
So so I want to see what they can wrap up because I hate when they they leave too much stuff open for the following season. Some stuff you do got to close the door. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. Well, what's your final thoughts? Uh, did you give it a grade? Um, I will give it a B plus. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm also gonna give it a B plus just because. It would have been an A minus, but that last, like thinking it and saying it out loud, that last five minutes was realistically. Well, I mean, real time, it was exciting. Realistically, it's super muddy and, you know, it's really nonsensical. Um, But, yeah, I'm really curious to see as well where this all goes, Um, because, like you said, there's a lot of loose ends. Well, some were cleaned up. I I really feel like they're going to wrap up the Ponzi scheme thing. And they'll probably get away with that. Um, as long as Kiki don't die out, nobody else knows about the the drugs. Um, in the the upcoming you know preview, it looks like Monet is going to try and go into business for herself with Noma. Uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have to make a move. Someone's gonna have to make a move on Lauren. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, and also today, they dropped the teaser trailer. Um, Book Four Force is going to be returning September first. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I didn't see the trailer, but I saw it at the date. I have to look at the trailer. Maybe. So um, it's looking interesting. Uh, if not in this episode, we better get answers as to why Tommy decided to randomly leave Chicago, right? And you know, pick up his revenge mission. Exactly. Meanwhile, he, because the last time we saw Tommy, he had a lot going on in Chicago. A whole I think Tosh lot. would have been the last thing on his mind. Exactly. But well, we shall we, see. We shall see indeed. Ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully they resolve that in this next episode, and then he just goes back to Chicago and be like, how'd it go? They don't ask, because that's mm. usually the, the usual Tommy answer. Um, or who knows? <laughs> Maybe he keeps Tasha alive, and she becomes the new, uh, who's our girl? Liliana. 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 Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, that's where the episode ends. We got one more guys and we take a break before force comes back. So you, as always, let us know what you guys thought. Let us know what your theories are. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow, share all that good stuff. The PLP podcast, as well as off the clock podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A clock podcast. We will see you guys next week. So as always, I'm one half of your hosts, Triple D and with me as always is. It's Carlos Steve. We'll see you guys next time.